ministry is a team sport. And so um, just know that, man, we refuse to do life alone. So you shouldn't be thinking next-gen ministry. You can't be about titles. It's about towels. It's about how do you serve other ministries. Early on in ministry, immature Joseph, young Joseph, it was all about trying to build my thing. But I realized it has to be bigger. Man, I need to celebrate what's happening in kids' ministry because that feeds our youth ministry. And I need to be helping our young adult and just our adult ministry win because I care about teenagers after high school. And so it's a team sport. You got to fight for collaboration, um, man, lead uh, with, with, you know, adaptability through ambiguity, whatever it takes uh, to, man, do what you can uh, to do ministry with others. It is a team sport. Refuse to do ministry alone. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Pastors Roundtable. I am your host, Ryan Latham, and I'm super excited to share a portion of one of our coaching calls. You see, every month we hold coaching calls for youth pastors where we have guest speakers. We have a time for those in the group to talk about ministry issues, and we help and support each other through that. And then we break up into two groups where we encourage each other and do life together. And today I'm going to share with you a portion of that teaching element one of the things that's different about if you're in the group is that you get to ask our speakers live questions about the topic that we've been talking about to personalize it to your ministry context. It's a game changer. It's much different than just listening to a teaching on a podcast like today. So I'd encourage you to get more information. You can go to renewleadership.org slash network to get more information or to join. So today, get ready. Let's listen to a month's teaching from our coaching group. I want to switch over to my man, Joseph. So Joseph and I have been friends for a while. He was a youth pastor down at the Oaks Church in Texas. Before that, he was youth pastoring out in Tulsa area. And um, Oklahoma, born and raised kind of a guy. Grew up interning at camps with the district, just really serving the local church, serving the district, um, became a youth pastor, um, and then went to the Oaks and was seeing some pretty significant uh, growth there, a lot of success <clears throat> with the youth ministry, and um, kind of out of the blue a little bit, kind of got this opportunity to become a next-gen pastor in uh, a People's Church in Oklahoma City, come back to Oklahoma City and uh, work at a great church there. <coughs> Sorry about my voice, guys. But uh, in a next-gen role, so still overseeing um, youth ministry, kids ministry. So he's going to be talking about all things family ministry. We talked about that. What does it look like to lead your family in ministry? What does it look like to work with the youth pastor, kids ministry, that partnership, all things kind of family ministry. So <laughs> Joseph, I give you a better intro, but my voice is about to go out, man. I'm sorry. So, Hey Dave, take it away, man. Awesome. Man. I like how you said out of the blue, like just out of the blue, man. He just got up, got up and left, uh, man. The Lord's hand was on that, man. Thanks guys. First off for, uh, your commitment to youth ministry and being, being on this call, investing in yourself. Uh, that's a, big, big deal. And, and Ryan and I have been friends for a long time. Um, like you said, and, um, man, 
Ryan's a consistent uh, encouragement. That's what I know that you guys have, have benefited from him because of um, just that encouragement. We we hosted uh, our own camp, hearing you guys kind of innovate there uh, last week, and he, you know, just to take the time to shoot a text out, say, "Say I'm praying for you." That stuff means a lot to me. I do that a lot to a lot of people, but you don't. We take it for granted in a high communication world that someone took the time to say happy birthday. Someone took the time to say um, praying for you. That's a big deal. Uh, just how much communication is happening in our world. So, man, thanks, Ryan, for for being a, a constant encouragement um, and your belief in youth pastors. Man, I love youth ministry. Um, August 13, 2001, uh, almost 20 years ago, I rolled on to a parking lot in South OKC on 55th and Young's to become a youth pastor of a church then called Grace Assembly of God. Um, it is now the inner city church and the dream center of Oklahoma City, that location is. And uh, man, there I was. Uh, just to let you know, I don't know the age of everyone on this phone call, but um, 2001, this was uh, August 2001. This was a month before 9-11. This was uh, two months before the iPod, not iPhone, the iPod was released. Um, we were a few years away from Facebook and a few years away from YouTube. And so that's that's the genesis of ministry for me. I spent three years at, at that church at Grace and then uh, it was six years at Broken Arrow, nine years at the Oaks. And so um, 18 years of, of you know local youth ministry, single site campuses. And uh, now I oversee Next Gen, Birth to Young Adults, at People's Church, four locations, and uh, it's been the it's been quite the the change of pace, having to lead through others in a different way, um, and how how to mobilize people uh, in their strengths, come alongside them in their weaknesses. I am not a kids ministry expert, but I've always been a big advocate of kids ministry. So I'll hit this a little bit because it's something Ryan and I talked about, but. Man, I just think as youth ministries, you should be advocating like crazy for your kids' ministry. You should be coming alongside them. If they never come alongside you, that doesn't matter. That We're not held responsible for that. It's us coming alongside them. And sometimes kids' ministries don't even know what to do in helping you. So over the years, we had kids' ministry help us like with um, and getting some teams to help us with check-in for camp and some things like that. But for the most part, our teenagers and our leaders – on Sundays, our number one ministry was to help come alongside our kids' ministry, and it was a great place to uh, help our youth ministries train, our, our teenagers train to, to communicate, to, to serve as small group leaders. And so when you see when you see ministry more than a Wednesday night and you see the, the, the width and the depth of youth ministry, you're going to be such an advocate of kids' ministry. Because it's like I always always look at youth ministry um, kind of like college football a little bit that you're trying to recruit for your team, but also you're trying to send students out to be first round draft picks um, from your team. And so and and leaders, you sometimes you have them for a long time, sometimes you have them for a few years. So I'm like your youth ministry success actually starts in your kids ministry. And so, man, if you can figure out ways I've had the opportunity over the last few years, I say last few years, um, when I was in Broken Arrow, our kids ministry actually started a missions program that modeled our youth missions program. So we're having teenager uh, kids as fourth graders doing this like once a week training and going on like these local mission trips. And then they would start missions in sixth grade and go all the way to their 12th grade year. We were, we were creating that culture again, football. It's like peewee football. 
great teams uh, in high school football have connection. They're tethered to the, the, the junior high and the uh, Pop Warner teams. You're creating and establishing culture. And so just know I'm an advocate of together ministry. And, and really, uh, the title of my conversation today is ministry is a team sport. Ministry is a team sport. And so um, just know that, man, we refuse to do life alone. So you shouldn't be thinking next-gen ministry. You can't be about titles. It's about towels. It's about how do you serve other ministries. Early on in ministry, immature Joseph, young Joseph, it was all about trying to build my thing. But I realized it has to be bigger. Man, I need to celebrate what's happening in kids' ministry because that feeds our youth ministry. And I need to be helping our young adult and just our adult ministry win because I care about teenagers after high school. And so it's a team sport. You got to fight for collaboration, um, man, lead uh, with, with, you know, adaptability through ambiguity, whatever it takes uh, to, man, do what you can uh, to do ministry with others. It is a team sport. Refuse to do ministry alone. First off, you guys are modeling it by doing this, this, this uh, Zoom and this coaching. Isolation is a playground for temptation. Uh, individually and in ministry, you got to refuse isolation, refuse to do life, uh, uh, life alone and do everything you can live out the axiom that better uh, we're better together, live out the axiom that that we're stronger together and model that in your ministries, connecting with your kids, pastors, seeing how you can serve them when they're at kids camp, man, drive, give man, hook the kids, pastors and all the kids leaders up with Starbucks, do what you can. You know why? Because those kids leaders, typically kids ministries, a lot of their leaders are parents who will eventually have kids in your youth ministry. So if you serve them now, they're going to serve you later. And so uh, none of this was in my notes, Ryan, but I know it was kind of the, the premise of just a reminder that, man, it's all tethered together. And if you want a healthy youth ministry, man, how you serve that kids ministry and how you guys build relationship and continuity and culture is going to be imperative. A lot of times in churches, you share the same spaces. It should not be a territorial war. We're in this together. Our battle's not against flesh and blood. It's not against puppets. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's, it's against uh, the prince of darkness. So do what we can, uh, man, to work together, to have that shared vision, um, man, to see students live for Jesus no matter what, to live for him after high school and understand that that starts in kids ministry. So, um, man, and then young adult ministry, I'll just say this. I have I have killed and relaunched young adult ministries at every church I've been at because young adult ministry, if not led correctly, it becomes a, a, a silo, becomes its own ministry. And it's, man, dude, you're an adult. Go to big church. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I do believe in the young adult community and, and socials and creating some some appetite. But it, if you don't watch out, it becomes this, this it's, it's very scary what can happen there. Good, positive, great vibes. But it, it becomes, um, man, it, it becomes so uh, internal. And so you got to work on that. But again, I've had the opportunity to lead and be a part of those over the years, too. But really what I wanted to talk about, just this concept of ministry as a team sport, is we see this with Jesus. Jesus hung out with his disciples, but we also see a character through his, his story we see uh, his mom, Mary, uh, is involved. And then later on, you see him connected. At one time, his brothers are like, bro, you need to peace out. And they were struggled to believe. We, we understand this through uh, our study of James. But but Jesus, like his mom was a part, like it was a team sport. It wasn't just the disciples. It was families. They, they, these people journeyed together. And I just want you to know, 
I've been doing this for, for almost 20 years. I have four kids uh, that are 16, 15, 11, and four years old. And I, I've been married to my beautiful wife for 18 years. And I just want you to know, a lot of people get all messed up because if you're not winning at home, you're not going to win um, in, in the four walls of the church or in your community. You can fake it for a while, um, but it's not when it comes to your family, it's not a fake it until you make it. Um, you better have a real genuine relationship with your family. And I've seen so many marriages and ministries impacted because they didn't have this concept of it's a team sport. It's we're in this together. And yeah, you, your wife can have a career. Your husband can have another career. But it, it all comes down to when you're called, it is a family calling. And Jesus modeled this for us. And, and so when you think about your team, who's on your team? For me, my starting five is my family. My starting five and my four kids, my wife, that's my starting five. That's what, but you know what? I don't youth leaders and, and staff and I mean, we're all on the same team, but man, the people I'm rolling with are that family. Cause this is the thing. I've had some incredible, uh, man, moments in ministry, but I've moved. And so I spent all this time in leaders, but I'm going to eventually leave. You know who leaves with me? My family. You know who's packing that U-Haul with me? My family. You better make sure that family is a priority in your life. And so to me, I just wanted to hit kind of what's it take to kind of do ministry as a team sport? And I have a few C's here because I'm a preacher and that's what I do. Um, man, what will it take to, to live out ministry as a team sport? Number one is calling. Um, this isn't a career. It's a calling. This is a family business. And I say it all the time. It's a family business. Our youth ministries over the years, it's a family business. It's not me, it's we. We are in it together. My family knows that we are all called to pioneer. They've heard the passions of my heart. They, 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 does that make sense? This isn't my, my career, it's my calling. And it's not my calling, it's our calling. And I can tell you over the years, my kids were little, they just, we invited them into the ministry. Uh, this, this idea, and again, this is my, this is me talking. So if you're like, well, I always heard, this is me. This is my story. Um, man, you lead from your story. I was a PK and, and I don't know if my parents did it that well. And so I just decided this is how I was going to do it. And I saw a few people model it for me, but most people that departmentalize family church, it never ends up well. You know why? Because those things collide. We're in ministry. You're going to get a phone call at 10 o'clock at night. And you can't go, oh, this is my family time. Does that make sense? Like they're, they're going to collide. So if you departmentalize, it's just very, very scary. So to me, man, I'm man right now, as I speak to you, I'm a dad right now, as I speak to you, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a coach right now, as I speak to you, I'm a, I'm a, um, a husband, I'm a friend. I'm all those things at the exact same time. Jesus was all those things at the exact same time. And so when we try to departmentalize and the thing, wear different hats and who am I today? It's just scary, scary, scary. So I'm speaking from my personal conviction on this. So don't take it as, as gold. If this is the way, I'm just old dude telling you what's worked for me. All right. Um, it's calling. And so over the years, man, when my kids were little bitty, dude, they were handing out pizza, uh, put, you know, putting pizza on the plate, hand it out. They were serving. There's stuff. I have a picture of our first ever camp. We, we started doing our own camp at the Oaks. And my kids, literally, they're like six and seven, they're literally stuffing the lanyards because it's a team sport. This isn't our youth camp. This is our camp. I mean, our, our kids have always went with me uh, on, on camps and, and they, they've, they've done those things. Like at age eight, 
my kids start traveling with me. I've had the opportunity my whole entire ministry before I even started as a youth pastor to preach. Back in the day, I was preaching in parking lots and little towns in Oklahoma. But now I get the opportunity to, to, to travel around the world and, and preach the gospel. And it's a sacred trust. But at eight years old, my kids start traveling with me. And it's a blast. And they get to be a part of the journey. Tomorrow, I leave with my 15-year-old to do a camp in Arkansas because it's a team sport. They're in it together. Um, and we started a conference a few years ago. My kids serve at that conference. My, my middle daughter literally has taken off school the last two years to serve and not to get out of school. She's a great student because she wants to see the impact. It's a team sport. Ministry is a team sport. And how, how do you make it a team sport? You have to understand it's about calling. And we are called. Our family's called. And when you get that, it just, it doesn't seem like work. It doesn't seem like, oh, the church is making us. We get to do this, man. I, I say it every day. It's a great axiom by John Gordon, but we get to do this. And that's our family kind of model, man. We, we It's called, we are called to do this. And so second thing, it's going to take commitment. Man, teamwork takes commitment, right? It takes commitment. We have, man, we've had some long weeks, but commitment is easy when you're called. You can commit to something hard when you're called. Work is fun when you're doing it with the ones you love. Like literally, how many have done some crazy hard work? Camps are long. I remember years ago, I, when I was a teenager, I roofed houses with a few buddies of mine. During two-a-days, we went to football practice. We roofed this house, went back to football practice. And it was crazy hard work in the heat of the summer. But it didn't seem like work because it was with friends. Community, man, that, that, that it's easy to commit when there's that true, genuine community. Um, and work is fun when you do it with the ones you love. Commitment looks different every season. And so, man, where my eight, my kids are now in their age, it looks different every season. But this is the thing I want you to know. Church has always been a priority. My oldest daughter, um, my, my middle daughter for a while played volleyball. Um, but my oldest daughter's on a club team. She travels like literally like she'll have team games in Austin, San Antonio, Houston, um, man, Kansas City. She's at a, a, a camp this weekend at ORU. So we've always made a priority because of soccer. She travels. And I'm not one of those guys that go, you can't play sports. It's all about Jesus. You have a small window with these kids. And all of us know that have hung the cleats up. We have a small window to play sports that God's given us a gift to play. And so we want our kids. I want my kids, my kids go to public schools. It's again, my personal preference, because I want my kids to know what it looks like to live for Jesus, to be an evangelist, to, to tell their friends about Jesus, to be light and darkness. But the other thing is like, we want them to play sports if that's what they, we want them to be involved. So my oldest daughter, she plays on this travel team, but we know she doesn't miss Wednesday. If they have practice on Wednesday, she's going to miss it because we know she's going to miss Sundays. Man, church is a priority for us no matter what. I mean, we want them. If we're in town, we're at church. If we travel and we can get to a church, we're at church. But Wednesday, we had to make that switch. That Even if you have a practice, Wednesday's uh, a priority there. So, man, what will it take? Calling, commitment. This third one, communication. Uh, for you to make a uh, family, um, not just in leadership, dude, communication is, is so important. For us, we have a family calendar. I'm talking, I don't know, I can even show you my calendar that I have right now. I'm in my, like, this is literally on my wall. This is, I'm actually at my house right now. This is on my wall. 
and and my kids get to see this, but we also have a family calendar downstairs and we are, we are committed every month. We know where everyone's at that communication when it comes to ministry, where we're going, all this kind of stuff. I'm talking, I have kids are active in so many different things. So it's so huge to, to communicate when it comes to family calendar, communicate also, Hey, vacation's coming because you understand, Hey, we're in a hard season, a heavy season, but vacation's coming. It's good to communicate that. Um, but also like communication when it comes to my kids, do we communicate? Um, I, I, I'm thankful for the relationship I have with my kids because I didn't treat them like little bitty kids. I was communicating with them at a young age, speaking to them like adults. And, and, and man, we have this dialogue that do my kids can tell me anything and they can tell my wife and we're on this journey together. I like, I love having teenagers and it's, it's one of those things, man, I could, I could raise up all these leaders and we've had the opportunity to do that. But if I don't raise up, the leaders that are in my house for however many years, dude, I fell. And I, this is the most important leadership journey I have is, is spending time with these kids, discipling kids. That's the greatest form of discipleship I have, but it's going to take communication. Uh, my wife and I, we, we have to communicate um, and, and man, line up our calendars to sneak in a breakfast, to sneak in a date night, do all those things. Um, counseling. I'm in counseling. I communicate to my wife and my kids and what, what I'm learning in counseling, how I'm becoming a better leader myself and, and a better person. So communication, uh, there's just two more I have um, is celebration. We celebrate together. We celebrate often. Uh, we celebrate soccer goals, but we also celebrate Bible app streaks. Uh, we win as a team um, and we, we go on vacation. That's a celebration. Um, I spend time with my kids individually. Uh, that's that's when we celebrate them like that. There's milestones. I, I wrote some of these down. Some of our Kellogg milestones. These are kind of fun. At age three, you get to chew gum because I chew gum like crazy and my kids can't wait to chew gum. At age three, you get to chew gum. That great responsibility. At age five, I've had season tickets for the University of Oklahoma for like 15 years. At age five, you get to go to your first OU game, which is always kind of cool to let your kids share in your passions. Um, and I'm trying to inundate them. It's the greatest team known to man. Um, at age eight, uh, they get to go on a ministry trip uh, with dad. At age 11 or 10, uh, um, I have three daughters. They all started their, their cycle. Um, my oldest actually started at nine. And so it just, who knows what's nine, 10. And so what we did, my wife, her parents didn't talk to her about that. And she literally started uh, her period at a birthday party was clueless, didn't know what was going on. And so my wife and I decided that we were going to do that differently. Uh, my wife started talking to them around the age. Actually, it starts kind of showing because the attitude, you're like, what is happening with this kid? Because something needs a break in their body. And um, so my wife did a great job talking to them. But every time our girls started their cycle, all three of them do, we, I, I showed up, um, we did ice cream and I bought them flowers. And because of that, like I invite, they invited dad into this and we're celebrating you. What's cool is our house is so funny because my, my girls talk openly about like, oh, I'm starting my period, dad, all this stuff. And we can talk about that because we celebrated it. We celebrated and talked about that. And so we celebrate womanhood at age 13. We go to reunion tower because I used to live in, in Dallas. And now I'm going to have to bring my 13 year old, uh, my future 13 year old back there. But the big ball tower in Dallas, um, I bring my my daughters on a date. They dress up. I dress up. Um, we do purity rings um, that night at 13 and, and go uh, there. Um, and then I'm working on Mark Batterson has inspired me. 
Um, at age 18, each one of my kids, their senior year, will do a rite of passage trip with just me and mom or just me, um, just this rite of passage trip. But um, there's little things we do to celebrate every time after camp. Um, I mean, we do a post-camp dinner or breakfast. Um, something I've been doing is like literally I have like I've been preaching for years. and I usually wear out these these Bibles. And so uh, each time I, each one of my kids graduate, they'll get a Bible um, that I've preached out of for years. And so just little things like that to celebrate, to have those kind of moments. We celebrate together because it's a team sport. Last thing, and I'm done, uh, is consistency. And how do you make, and all these things I'm talking about apply to leadership and leading your ministries. Um, but I just wanted to focus in on family because I get asked all the time, how do you do it, man? How do you, how are you a character coach? You're involved in high school football for 20 years. You travel, you lead these ministries. You, you're doing your masters. Like, how do you do all that? And I just go, dude, it's, it's a team sport. Like we don't departmentalize. We're just in this thing together um, for, you know, uh, like, like in the Batman, we're in the foxhole, man. We're, we're, we're in this together. And because of that, man, it's just, it's just, it's just made our, our family, um, man, it's made it work. And, and I, I believe that's what's going to help us um, have long-term success um, with our kids and in ministry. The last one's consistency. Um, and man, I pray, and hopefully people have said this, Jerry's on here. Jerry's known me, uh, for years, been invited and invited in our family. And, um, because of guys like Jerry, uh, I don't know if you know Jerry's story, but Jerry doesn't have his mom and dad. Um, uh, even his, his aunt, who was kind of a mother figure is no longer here. And so students like Jerry, um, uh, we were modeling family for them. We we're modeling what this looks like. And so consistency is so imperative. Um, who I am on stage is who I am off the stage. And my kids, they can tell you who I am on stage is who I am off stage. Who I am with conviction driving them to school is the same person I'm preaching with conviction on stage. Uh, I own my mistakes. Same thing in leader. Man, I own my mistakes with my kids. Extreme ownership isn't just organizational leadership. It's parenting. It's being a husband and wife. I own that. that and it's hard. But man, that's what it's going to take is to live this life that goes, man, I'm going to win the day. I'm going to do everything I, I can um, to live a life that, that is going to, you know, impact others. And we know the verse, man, what is it to, to gain the whole world and lose your soul? And so I just, I believe in youth ministry. But if we lose our family, man, why, why do we do it? Um, Instagram, man, we show the best, hide the rest. <laughs> and I mean, invite kids. I, I've had kids over the years say, Joseph, man, I didn't have a dad, but the way you father your kids, uh, man, it's helped me like, like understand how to, to be a dad one day. Are we perfect? Heck no. I, I've had moments in my wife and I've gotten to intense times of fellowship and we've actually told like interns and it makes them feel weird. I'm like, stay here. I want you to see us resolve this. Like, that's what, like Jesus he was living his life on display. It says he was with them. Dude, they were fire. They're, they're around the fire together. They're climbing mountains together. They did life together. And I, I know it's my personality. I'm not an introvert, so that, that doesn't help. But I just, I want to invite people into my life. I invite my kids into my life. I, I invite people into my life. The mess of it, the great of it, man, all of it. Because, man, the best example I can give is just me. That's all I have. And I, I can tell you, I can quote Maxwell all day long, but I have to live this thing out. And so I'm passionate about it. And I just, it's something we say all the time. 
um, in our family. And as I tell people, man, this is a family business to team sport. Um, it's funny in other businesses, we, we see that way. We see it as a family business, but in ministry, it gets a little tricky, but man, we're all in this together. Ryan, I just dumped a whole lot. Um, I think all of it can contextualize to just ministry. You can use those same C's and just leading your ministry, but also what it looks like to lead your family. Um, anyone single on here, um, sometimes I used to tell single people, dude, start having a date night with yourself. You're like, I'm not dating anybody yet. Man, start carving those times in there the best you can. I have an unbelievable wife that we had our, like, we've, we figured this thing out, like our, our rhythms. Um, we don't have a date night every single night. We don't like, we just try to find moments to make it or every, every night. Yeah. Right. Uh, every week. Um, and we try to have moments, man, once a month, um, to just spend that time. But man, if we can sneak one in, we go on trips every year, just her and I for our anniversary. Um, and so, and we, and our kids know that like mom and dad are leaving, you know, we're going away, um, to do awesome mom and dad stuff. And so, um, Anyway, man, I just believe in this thing. I want my kids. I believe they're world changers. I, they, they've, my, I've got the opportunity. My One of my favorite moments is bringing my 11-year-old, Caitlin, now my oldest, um, on our first mission trip to Nairobi, Kenya. And to be in the slums with my daughter and to see God in it, like that's, like, that's what I mean by it. it's a team sport. It's not dad going. Dad went for a long time. But then when they got to the age that they can go with me, um, man, do it. If you haven't read the book, I'll, I'll tell you what's impacted my life deeply this year is the book Win the Day by Mark Batterson. I love all Mark Batterson stuff, but I've just decided, man, I want to win the day with my kids. I'm going to engage. I want to do everything I can. I'm going to jump in the pool with them. I'm going to do cannonballs. I'm horrible at diving and they laugh a lot, but I try. Um, and I just want to do everything I can to, to make these memories because this is the thing. My oldest daughter, I have two summers left with her. Like when you start putting that in perspective and what am I doing to, to help her to live this Jesus thing out for the rest of her life. And I pray that I modeled it enough for her that she wants what I've, I've done and what I've lived. But man, if my dad, I want what he has. I want that joy that's unspeakable. I want that peace that passes understanding uh, because I model it um, the best I can. So anyway, there you go. Ministry is a team sport, not just with, uh, don't like with your family, but also with interns, leaders, dude, I just refuse to do, man, I'll do whatever it takes to figure out. I'll meet with leaders at 8 a.m. at 10 o'clock at night, just, man, early on in ministry, just to not do it alone. I love it, man. I love it. So good. So good. So one thing I know for me, uh, man, Joseph, you, you really do model all this and uh, you live it out. And it's not just something you talk about, not something you preach, not just something you, you teach in small settings like this but man you do really live it out and um so honored so i hope you enjoyed listening in on our coaching call again that's just a portion of what we do during our coaching calls we have guest speakers where you get to interact in real time ask real questions about your ministry context we get to interact as a group to help each other in our ministries and also break up into groups where you get to have personal connection with a smaller group where you get to encouragement and uh, do life together. I want to encourage you to take a look at it. Go to renewleadership.org slash network to get more information and to join a group. Well, we're going to be bringing you more episodes. So take a look wherever you're subscribed for the podcast. I can't wait to bring you another episode here soon.